0: All right, so let me get started. Hello, lovely people. My name is Shatina Hunter, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, as well as the creator of Always Live Lovely. And you are tuned into episode two of Breaking Barriers a Mental Health Conversation. So basically, the topic of today is going to be Section 8, and I am really excited to be joined by my lovely guest. Um, guest, if you would like to introduce yourself to the people so they know who you
1: are.
2: My name is TJ Sykes. I'm a 28-year-old Black man uh, from Richmond, California. I'm a published author. Um, I'm an actor, entrepreneur, etc.
0: Yeah, he got all the et cetera. even comedian Mm -hmm. up in that (laughs) look. He's a a jack of many trades, okay? So I'm really excited to be sitting here with TJ today on episode two of Breaking Barriers. And the point of Breaking Barriers and Mental Health Conversation is basically because You know, we struggle to be able to talk to people in our community, talk to people that we love and that we care about, about topics that really impact us. And I want to be able to just inspire and break down the stigma, shatter the stigma of a lot of different life experiences that we have. Mental health is very much a trending topic right now, but mental health is something that, you know, we've been dealing with since. We got on this earth because we all have minds and then so i really am hoping that people are inspired and people can begin to just you know kind of have conversations together and it doesn't have to be so weird and people can feel more comfortable to talk about topics that are very difficult and hopefully it encourages people to just seek the healing that it is that you know they need even if you never go and see a therapist i'm hoping that people can get something from this series and from this video Um, So I chose Section 8 because, quite frankly, I haven't really seen anybody talk about Section 8 in mental health in any type of format, Um, and it's just very important because even myself, like, I don't know a whole lot about the experience of Section 8 or a whole, whole lot about the topic, but I can say that the majority of time, every time it comes to the topic of Section 8, like, it's so negative, like, and it's like, even been imprinted in my mind like oh that's not somewhere that I would want to be or you know I don't want to have to get to the point of having to apply to that because there's no I don't really know what type of environment that um, I would have to live in and how that would impact me um, so I thought it was really important to just have the space to talk to somebody who does have the experience to so where it even inspired him to write you know himself a book he put it out there trying to educate and inspire the people do art so we're definitely just going to have a good time and being able to you know just kind of talk and have a conversation the point of this is not interview style so I'm not interviewing I'm not about to hit people with the facts and all the percentages of the people that it impacts and different things of that nature we're really just chilling two people just talking about this topic and just like I said breaking down the barriers all right so When it comes to this topic, I definitely, like I said, like I personally, like I don't have like a lot of um, experience in regards to this. I've probably talked to some clients that have uh, lived in Section A, or I definitely know some people um, that live in Section A, but it comes with so much stigma of the fact that, you know, even people, I feel like growing up, kids would even use it as like an insult or like a way to just hurt people's feelings um, when really it's used to assist people. For them to be able to low-income families and individuals you know people that i believe have like even mental health diagnosis and um individuals that are disabled for them to be able to just have somewhere to live and that not have to be a stress but even from like your experience tj of like what you usually typically hear when it comes to this topic like what have
1: you heard
2: uh i heard a lot of negative things um About Section 8, uh, I heard a lot of people, you know, like you said, talking about other people for being on Section 8 and not being able to, like, afford to live um, in apartments on their own or have their own houses and things like that. Um, So for me, though, um, growing up, I think I didn't really understand what it was at all. And so growing up in it, I really didn't pay too much attention, but... As I got older, I was looking at it and really start to uh, pay attention to like who I was on Section A in my family and like how it was kind of passed down from different generations, and
1: that's yeah. what kind
2: of sparked my interest. On like, wow, it could be it could be an assistance, but it it could also be a crutch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of like you said, it is some people that's like you know um, differently able that aren't able to work. And so that could be assistance for them to be able to afford housing, but it's some folks that are able to work, they, you know, are able to work or are able to uh, create a source of income for themselves that still are on that and just, you know, sitting with it. And I think that stunts individuals' growth. That's how I feel personally.
1: Yeah
0: and you definitely like shared something that's like super important to highlight because I know that especially now with like on Instagram for sure people are like making shirts and people talk about like um, intergenerational like trauma and trying to like break the generational curses and things of that and so like when you mentioned it being something that you know different people you noticed in your family were kind of like having to go through this process and this being like you know the environment that they lived in do you kind of see it in that framework of kind of like you know something that could be like a a generational breaking of like a cycle
2: yeah um definitely because most of uh, a lot of my family members older and younger stay in apartments
1: to mm-hmm.
2: me that's like that's something that i want to get out of i'm like i want to own my house um yeah, I don't want to live in apartments my whole life. Not to say that it's negative to stay in apartments. I think that um, a lot of people need, like, um, support with living in different, you know, just having shelter is, is, is a struggle out here, especially these damn prices. Right.
1: Um, okay.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, that's one. That's my goal is to own a home.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: One of my goals, I mean.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's an amazing goal. And like you said, it's not a bad thing to like live in an apartment, but it's really beautiful. Like because you also talked about people using it as like a hindrance and a crutch and you know I know even you know prior to us preparing for this I was kind of expressing to you like you know I know people that do live in section 8 and then they live in section 8 for years even when they probably could afford to like you know move somewhere else and give someone else that opportunity to be in that space and then so it definitely sounds like your perspective of wanting like that growth mentality and wanting that growth mentality for your family too like that's something that's really great and beautiful and do you feel like there's something that kind of like inspired you to want to like make that shift and not stay in that space of like well I'm gonna just I'm gonna just be in this for a long time like what helped you want to be like I want to own a home like that's where you want to go
2: yeah it was actually um it was actually moving from the apartments where I grew up at because like the first Shoot, the first, like, from zero to 10, I kind of, we kind of moved around. We lived in apartments, and then we had, like, two homes that we stayed in. hmm We went off, like, 10. Um, my mother passed, and we had to move back to Richmond, to Kennedy Manor, where I grew up at. And so, just having that experience with living in a house, it was, like, a drastic difference when mm-hmm. you in apartments. Um, and so, Growing up from like 10 to probably like 15, 16, it was more like I was in it, so deep in it, I didn't even realize what I was in. Uh, and then we had moved from the, the apartments to a house, like not too far away, but it was it was a house instead of apartments. And that's when it really started to shift my, my thinking around like, damn, this is a nice house. Um, we we not having any inspections every other week, mm-hmm. we did not getting hella notices, talking about uh, stuff being on the patio. It's just it's so much, I think it's so much um, stress and depression that come with some of those um, some of those assistance, quote unquote assistance or benefits that you get that come with section eight, that yeah. I don't feel like it's even worth it sometimes. It's it's like a burden, it's a heavy burden that's on your back. Um, when it comes down to even a smaller thing like parking, um, sewage, it's just like, you don't have to pay for like sewage per se, but the sewage might be backed up. Right. You know, from outside your house, it might be uh, sewage all on the ground to mm-hmm. where you got over, you know, feces and stuff. So it's like, it's like a hit and miss. It's like, it's, it's a lot of things that come with it on top of it being a uh, assistant or a benefit.
0: Right, right. And, you know that's really deep in regards to you know this is like a resource that people need and you know it sucks to know that it comes with so many other things that could be kind of traumatizing you know for the fact of people just trying to have a safe place to be trying to have a come up trying to just survive and live because as we know like the to live in california is bananas to even afford just anything so sometimes this is the options that people have to work with and then so knowing like that it's had such a bad rap environment wise of you know people just sometimes not even feeling safe in their environment do you feel like there's have you ever actually like heard anybody have like a positive environment that they ended up in in regards to like living in section eight to where they didn't really like experience anything that was traumatic uh, well
2: i think some folks um i think like yes and no because i think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the stories that I heard that seemed like they were pretty, like, on the upside was, like, people still having to relocate far away from, like, you know, the city that they lived in their whole life, and so maybe it's like, oh, we moved to Antioch and we have a five-bedroom home. Mm-hmm. And that's like, oh, that's dope. And it's like, damn, why did you have to move so far away from your you know, right. city you've been living in your whole life, you know, in order to do that? So, like, it's still like a, like, oh, yeah, it's a bigger house. Um, it's affordable, but it's so far from my loved ones.
1: Yeah. So,
2: but, uh, it's kind of like a balance of, like, a benefit, but it's like, damn, I got to drive 45 minutes to see my mom or 45 yeah. minutes to see my grandma. And vice versa, they have to drive the same amount of time to come see me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I could have had a house in Richmond. <laughs> right. So that's kind of like. Some of the story that I heard that wasn't so bad. Um, but it's also like um, moving from Richmond to Antioch, some people would think it's like, oh, all right, well, when I move to Antioch, it won't be as violent as Richmond. Mm-hmm. Gun violence is everywhere. Yeah, that's know, a good yeah. point.
1: Yeah, that's
0: a really good point because I know even when it comes to just people typically wanting to like move out, even a lot of us are moving us like Tracy, Manteca, Stockton, and then you know it's that idea of like oh I want to be in a better environment or I don't want to experience this design on the third and then getting there and kind of possibly having some similar experiences I can imagine like you know that could that could shake anybody up you know with thinking that they could go out and it could be better and then it tends up having some similarities um to what they may have been experiencing before and then even like I know you're talking about like inspections and stuff and then so like I know that I have like you know friends people I know that are like landlords or that rent out you know to people and it definitely seems like even sometimes like the landlords and the renters can have like a stigma place on things of like passing judgment to people or just trying to like make things be like, you know, very, very difficult or not even wanting to rent to um, tenants that have section eight. And like, you know, I don't know like what your thoughts around that are, or even if there's like something that could just like broaden the perspective of people that are landlords or renters and being okay with like renting to people that have to utilize this resource.
2: Mm. I don't really know much from the, the perspective of folks that uh, has rented or will or are able to rent to mm-hmm. folks. But I, what what I do know is that um, amongst folks that are on Section 8, like, I mean, we're just regular people and and, and we, uh, we are struggling and right. we're trying to get more resources so we can, uh, you know, better ourselves and really take care of our families. And some of the circumstances that um, we are under while we in these apartments, it's like if we if we not mentally strong enough, spiritually mm-hmm. strong enough, um, and sometimes physically strong enough, we we not gonna make it out. Right. Uh, but our intentions is is very, like. It's like they, they pure, like we, we really think sometimes when we doing certain things, it's to better like our families and stuff. Uh, and we be in it so deep at times that we don't see the, the harms that come with whatever it is, whether it's selling drugs to put money on, to put food on the table or mm-hmm. you know, scamming or bipping, whatever it is, these things in our minds, these are things that we're doing to help our family. right these are the only things that we knew and for a lot of our folks i feel like um one thing that i'm able to see and identify with now at this age is being able to like transfer different skills
1: mm-hmm.
2: and i think that if we are able to uh, get that, that or, or be able to see that we can transfer a lot of these skills to like careers or entrepreneurship
1: right. and,
2: that will be a game changer so we need that's the resource we need is being able to because for me I think it's I feel like it's language barriers and it's mm-hmm. skill barriers. and it's not being able to to name certain things that we are already doing like um, grassroots fundraising we are already doing that
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: and, and it's trying to we're trying to meet a need but it's the way that we are going about it that don't sit well with others Right. And right, so I don't have no money, and you got money in your car, and I bust your window and I get some money. Now I got the money, I met my need, but now you got a need, you don't have the money, no. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what's going on. It's like everybody trying to get their needs met, but it's different ways of going about it that it's not sitting well with everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. That actually brings up like, you know, a good point. And it's just like that space of being in survival mode and needing to do what you what you gotta do in order to be able to survive. And like you said, it's like that spin of perspective that people basically put on things and how you see like it as like a negative thing or you know, the judgment people can pass. Um on just people within their community and the different actions that they display. But at the end of the day, everyone's trying to make their way or support their family or support themselves um, because it's, it's hard. <laughs> like it's definitely hard out here trying to be able to survive. Um, so I really like how you just said that and kind of framed that, which helps hopefully broaden people's perspective. I know like when people get into situations and they're impacted by things that could be, you know, pretty pretty traumatic Um, it's definitely not to minimize that but it's kind of interesting to just think of it in a broader terms of like you know the actions and why people may do the things that they do and even with you like living in section 8 before like if you liked share like what are some of the difficult things that you did like see or have to experience just being in that space
2: Mm. So just so thinking about my experience on section eight, um some of the things that I've seen our experience was like just always having like notices on your door that's saying different stuff, whether we're talking about parking spaces, whether we're talking about inspections coming up, whether we're talking about you got too much stuff on your patio, um all kind of stuff it's just. It was just like a burden to see all of that, especially as a kid, especially like, you know, knowing that your family is doing their best to, you know, maintain and keep food on the table Mm -hmm. and stay sane and not get shot coming in the house and etc. Like, you know, there's so much that we have to deal with inside of our homes uh, and trying to be safe and so that's part of it and um just having so many conditions that we have to uh, abide or what's the word abide abide by and it's like everything that we need or our resources are you know all of all the the whole system isn't even like right so what i mean by that is like so we have all these notices right Mm-hmm. But then when it's time to go wash our clothes, the washer and dryers don't work effectively.
1: Right.
2: You know what I'm saying? So we don't pay rent. I mean, we don't pay water, but then we gotta go to a whole different laundry mat from that's in here and we got different laundry mats in here, and, and most of the washer and dryers don't work. And mm-hmm. so if there's one person already in there washing, then they probably you probably gotta wait a few hours till they finish washing their clothes. Um things like that. Um Sewage, like I said, like sewage would be flowing through the grass, uh, things like that. Um, mold, we got mold in the walls. You know what I mean. So, what I'm saying is the priorities is all fucked up of the the people who even renting this stuff out, and they don't care.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like we, we don't care. Y'all, y'all are less than. Yeah. We assisting y'all with something, so y'all gonna take what we gonna give y'all, and. And we gonna complain about other shit. Why, why y'all too we giving y'all? And so that's that's like some of the stuff, some of the burdens. Um, I've lost a lot of people from my community to gun violence um, within living in Section 8. Um, a lot of family trauma within our ho- household. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah,
0: and I know that like, you know, one way well first of all I'll just say like you know that kind of ties into what you were talking about about okay getting in this situation and having to like live in this environment and all the things that come with it and then it's such a shame like even if you think about okay if like you know landlords and people that's renting are complaining like but y'all not even holding y'all part of the bargain and that makes things even more difficult and, and it is like that idea of like well we're helping you so you're gonna take what we give you and that part is just like heartbreaking because overall we just need to do better like in general like if people gonna help people it's like really help people instead of giving people the short end of the stick or giving people the scraps and actually try and like you know I would hope that like when it comes to living in these environments like things could just be better things could be healthier and people can like imagine for themselves like what I want to even if I'm writing this out like what I want to even live in this environment instead of constantly looking at people as just less than and it does like i feel like tied to like just the whole system of things like it sounds good on paper if you look up section a and you're like oh what's the definition of this and oh what can you get what what's provided to you it sounds super good but the reality of it is like you know it can tend to just flip somebody's world upside down when all y'all were trying to do or any of us are trying to do is just be able to survive and have a roof over our heads and you know be able to to provide people are trying to provide for their families um and trying their best to keep their children safe or you know themselves safe by having just a roof over their head to begin with so it's really just heartening just to kind of hear about the lack of care even probably empathy that you know the people that are like you know kind of over it are giving to people in the circumstances so it's just like if you already are in a position to where you gotta live here and it's like they making it 10 times harder 10 times harder for you to be able to just make your way and like that's super frustrating in itself yeah and I super appreciate you you being willing to just share like you know what your experience you know has been and I'm even like <clears throat> curious just in regards to like when it came to your book because I know art can definitely be first of all do you got the book on you hmm. is it somewhere around so you can even show people what it looked like I got it
2: in my car yeah I got it in my
0: car I'm gonna have to insert a little picture at the end <laughs> for people so y'all can see what this book yeah, looked I
2: like I the picture. yeah and yeah I, I got some in the car
0: Okay, cool. How does that, like, how did you get to that format of wanting to even come up with this concept and idea and, like, what was, like, your goal for it?
2: Gotcha. Uh, so a few years ago, I had really just started writing poetry. Um, it hasn't, I haven't been writing that long intentionally. <laughs> I, was, um, I, I was always intrigued by, like, the writing process, even in English class. I just uh, it was hard for me to focus as a, a young boy, <laughs> <laughs> so I I really didn't hone in um, on my uh, writing skills until probably like 2014 2015, and so uh, I had just started like my intentional writing process and had started to write a lot of just I was just writing a lot about a lot. Um, it was stories and everything wasn't really a poem, it was just getting a lot of stuff off my head that I had already been thinking about different Mm -hmm. experiences that I had, Um, and I had wrote this one poem called Section 8, and it really described like a lot of things that I've experienced in my lived experience in Section 8 housing, and um, I was really juiced about this poem, Uh, and it was like one of my favorite poems at the time. And so uh, I had showed it to uh, two of my coworkers, or I had read it to them, and uh, they, were, they were like, "We should make that into a book." Yeah.
1: And
2: I was like, "Oh yeah, let's do it." Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I'm just like I'm one of the people. Like sometimes I have an idea, and um, when I share it with somebody, it's somebody that can make it even better. And so whenever that happens, I'm like, "Oh yeah, let's go," um, because I know I'm capable of doing it a lot of things like whether it's writing a movie script or whatever but if it's somebody that already have a movie script that's written in it like bro i need an actor i'm like all
1: right Mm -hmm. let's go Mm -hmm. Um,
2: and so uh once once they start talking about that we start meeting like every every uh two weeks or something just to talk about like all right how we want to go about it and so originally the book was supposed to be a um like a dang i forget that instrument what's that instrument called that uh the used to play? Accordion. Uh-huh. It was supposed to be an accordion book where it opened up and all the pictures come out, but it was going to be heck a big. It was going to be like 25 feet long. So With uh-huh. a plan B. Because um, it was going to take a lot a lot to produce them, too, because it was going to be handmade. So, yeah, we had to come up with a plan B. Uh-huh.
1: Uh,
2: the plan B was to create, like, just a regular open book where it would go um, from the front to the back. Um, so uh, I started to my illustrator name is Webster, one of my coworkers, and uh, I started to send him different like images to to go with the different um, lines and stuff. Um, so he was saying like he said that uh, people thought he was crazy because he was working on it um, at mm-hmm. his house. And he had a heck of pictures of me up on his wall for reference. Right, <laughs>
0: right. people walking in like, what
2: you doing? Yeah, like, what are you doing? Uh, and so. Yeah, we went through that process, and it was it was dope. So uh, yeah, the goal for me is really just to, not just, but one of the goals is to inspire other people to share their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a firm believer in if you don't write your story, somebody else will try to write your story.
1: Yeah.
2: So I want to leave a legacy of my own words that talked about my lived experience, uh, and I want to inspire others to do that as well. Um, I think for me, it's, it's healing. Mm-hmm. I come anything, it's, it's healing. Whether it's, it's, it's a conversation, it's just conversation. Whether I'm breaking down, crying, talking about it, right? It's, it's healing, and I want other people to feel that. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. be able to like cry and feel light after crying. Like that's that's a beautiful feeling, and um, yeah, that's yeah, just inspire people. Because I feel like a lot of people that come from where I come from, they got. They have stories like it's a fact. It's they have stories. They have lived experiences, and it's a lot of people that misunderstand them um, because they don't. They don't tell their side. Sometimes, sometimes people mm-hmm. go to jail forever, or sometimes people get killed, and their story isn't able to be told. And so that's what I'm gonna inspire people. Whether it's through their music, whether it's through um, dancing, whatever, I want people to tell their stories.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's super important for people to be able, it's, that's kind of like, instead of giving up your power and letting other people control your narrative, that's a way of people being able to take their power back and being able to control their narrative. And like you said, putting their words to it because people will try to put whatever perspectives and spins they want on other people's experience. So I think like, you know, arts, you know, cause you know, I'm an art girl too, you know? So definitely utilizing that as a form of expression has its own format to be able to just push a person through with healing especially like if you've experienced like some type of trauma or you've been in some difficult situations and you can't quite find you know the words to quite articulated even in a conversation type of way than being able to write poetry or dance or sing or play your instrument like that usually helps the emotions to be able to kind of like um an energy to be able to move its way through so that you can get to that place of a healing and you know for for you like what when it comes to that topic of healing and like what do you feel like has helped you just overall because of course we know healing is a process it's a journey like you know it takes baby steps like sometimes even throughout a lifetime but things get better and you don't have to hold so much and it doesn't feel so heavy but like what has been some of the most healing things that you've done in order to be able to just help yourself cope with like your journey what you've been through what you've seen things like that
2: writing has definitely been one it's been like oh man let me write this down Mm -hmm. And, uh, and turn this into a poetry I mean, a, into a poem, um, just like for me when I'm writing or when I'm thinking about writing, it's so many things that inspire me. And it's like all right, it could be a conversation, it could be a lecture, um, it could be a movie that I'm watching, um, it could be just looking outside. Um, and so, so many things inspire me, um, especially when I'm just kind of like in my, my writing mood when I'm writing. Right. Uh, especially, uh, utilizing different workshops, uh, free workshops or workshops that cost. Um, so writing is one, um, crying is one that hasn't, I haven't been able to cry a lot, but I've been crying more than I was when I was younger. And that, um, that has been really, really healing for me. It's like cleansing Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of weight off my spirit um it's just yeah it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing um acting acting is hella healing being able to put your yourself in the shoes of a character that um has been appointed to you by uh the the the, um what you call it the the writer Mm -hmm. um so i've been in like four plays well actually like five plays in the last five years and um, yeah, it was just it was dope. It's just dope being able to be sit with other folks, other talented folks, and, and have these conversations about our lived experiences, which ultimately connects to uh, us being able to be on the stage, mm-hmm. bringing these other characters to life. And um, yeah, it's healing. It's healing. And then being able to um, display these. Talents to other people on the stage, yeah. So, acting, um, yoga. Yoga has been.
1: Ooh yeah.
2: Uh, yoga has been no one. Um, so, for me, yoga has shown me that, um, like, how powerful the connection between the mind and the body is. Mm-hmm. How uh, sometimes we overthink things. Or, like, you know, say, like, oh, I, I don't think I can do that. But then through the power of breath, you're mm-hmm. able to lift your body up on your hands. Uh, like, you know what I mean? And do a handstand and things like that. And so that's been hella um, healing for me. And, um, like you said, energy. So yoga is one of those things that is able to move energy throughout your body. And so sometimes... Um, what a lot of people don't know is we have um uh, sometimes when we have like our body is aching and stuff it's energy that's stuck in a certain place so it might mm-hmm. be stuck it might be stuck in your throat and sometimes through yoga you can shift that energy uh, from one place to another Um uh, massage therapy so getting massages that's another one that moves the energy throughout your right. body um and so yeah i get a lot of massages um uh, Therapy, therapy has been hella helpful for me. Mm-hmm. I've been going to therapy for like three or four years now. Um, and we're wrapping up some sessions, but I'm gonna jump into this other form of therapy. Okay. Um group therapy for black men. Mm-hmm. So award of 13 black men um doing group therapy for six weeks.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. And it's led by a black woman, uh-huh. um, therapist. So going to jump into that. Uh, it's another platform that I'm um, um, partaking in. It's called To Me For You.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and so it's a platform for Black men to uh, talk about different experiences. Uh, so each month, pick a topic and select three Black men to share their experiences live on, uh, on the platform. It's a dope-ass platform. It's mm-hmm. a, for me, it's, for me it's, a, it's a big-ass TV show. Okay. Like, I feel like I'm famous when I'm on there. And <laughs> right. So when I feel different energies, that's like, all right, well, this is where I need to be. hmm Spirit is telling me where I need to be. And so, um, yeah, every time, every time I step in different rooms, I already know, like, people love to see me coming.
1: Yeah.
2: So, uh, yeah, that one, that one is dope. Um, so, last month, I wasn't on the show last month, but last month, the... Um, the theme was intimacy. Okay. So yeah, it, it's different themes. And uh it get deep. It get deep. It sounds like it deep. The healing work is deep. Mm-hmm. So it gets deep. So this this month the theme is suicidal doors.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. Oh <laughs> I'm gonna have to like you gonna have to like share how we can even because I'm gonna need to check that out. Okay, For
2: so real. On Instagram, on Instagram, the Instagram is called create the space. Mm-hmm. C R, the number eight, and then uh, the space. So create the space, and um, you can um, you can get all the information there. The link should be in the bio. Yeah, and yeah. I've been, so the first time I went there was like November, December, twenty nineteen, and I've been like staying connected because it's mm-hmm. it's, a powerful, it's a powerful space. Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of resources that come in the building or are viewing it live. A lot of different black therapists. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where I got started with black men yoga at. Like you know what I mean. And that's where I got connected to this um six week program that I'm going into. It's called actually it's called Restore the King. Okay. So follow that Instagram too, Restore the King. hmm Yeah. So yeah, um let me see. That's a few of them. I got others. Yeah. Some of them, some of them that I haven't been doing though is like uh I usually ride my bike. My bike is down right now, so I haven't been able to do that. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's one of them.
0: Yeah, you are super, like, just tapped into your healing process, which I'm sure has been, like, a long journey. It ain't easy, but, like, you definitely pushing through for sure, for sure. Like The simple fact that you just, like, ran down a whole list of things that just kind of shows people healing just encompasses so many different things like you can you it takes you really trying to dibble and dabble in some things until you find what feels good to your soul what feels good to your spirit and is going to be the vehicle to get you where you're going um and I really just like have enjoyed like hearing about the fact that like you're doing it through art you really understand like energy all is real in the body especially if you've experienced some type of traumatic experience, like, you know, your body does not forget what you have experienced, which is why, like, if you are in a situation that's similar, your body will react exactly the way it did when the past experience happened. And, you know, when we do experience a level of trauma, a lot of the times, if it's like an ongoing cycle of just trauma after trauma after trauma after trauma. Our, our brains can even develop developmentally get stuck in that area. So, like, some people will even not developmentally age due to like a specific very um, intense traumatic experience that they've had and then a lot of times it puts people in just that fight or flight mode all the time keeping people hyper vigilant or some people experiencing like vicarious um traumatization which is basically like even if you hadn't lived in an environment or seen it if you've heard of it or you've seen other people continue to go through it you can experience a level of trauma so the simple fact that you like energy is real and people can like Feel it in their body, or be like, dang, why well, I got this lump in my throat, or my back, is, or my side has always hurting, and it's just like we gotta really get in touch with, you know, working that energy through, and people not be like, oh, that's woo woo stuff, like, nah, y'all, like, <laughs> energy is real. We should have learned that when we was in like elementary school. Even furniture got energy. So moving it, and like you said, yoga is a beautiful way to connect, like, to your body and connect to your breath, so that it's able to like anchor you, as well as being able to get those massages and you know, move that energy all about and, you know, definitely, you know, you had to like, you know, give one time to one time to the therapist because I'm a therapist. So the fact that you mentioned therapy is like super important. You willing to even like you've been in it for such a while, as well as like being able to be interested in like, you know, group therapy. And do you feel like there's something that's been most profound, like in utilizing that space to just help you be able to heal?
2: A specific therapy space
0: yeah like what is that even just provided for you to just have that level of support
2: for me uh the main thing going into therapy well like one of the messages that I got was uh, don't come into this thinking that I'm gonna fix you mm,
1: Mm-hmm.
2: and uh, I think the 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 message for the message that I have right now, from like experiencing therapy for these years and all of these different ways that I um, experience healing is that you have the ability to heal yourself. Um, And so what therapy has done for me is, it's kind of like mirror, mirror the things that I need to do back to me, Mm -hmm. asking me these questions and um, like, oh well, why did you do this? or why didn't you do this? Um, and you you I had answers <laughs> like you know and if I don't, I, I have to go deeper inside um, and figure it out. And so uh, that's one of the things that therapy has done for me. It's really shown me that um, I'm able to heal myself um, and sometimes is that uh, we need assistance. We need um, folks that can see uh, what's going on with me from the outside perspective and show it back to me, mm-hmm. so I can be able to be aware of it. Uh, and a lot of people don't have that, and um, so it's kind of like trying to solve a problem, but you don't have the tools to solve it, or right. or you don't even know if it's, you don't even know it's a problem. So the problem ain't gonna be solved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know you traumatized. Right. You ain't gonna be able to heal. Um that's you know? deep. So really being able to go back mentally and think like, oh shit, well, this happened when I was five. That's why I act like this now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: This happened last year, or this happened last week, or this happened just before I got here, and that's why I'm tripping right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like what you said with that energy. That shit is important and it's real. Your body, don't forget it. Your mind, don't forget it. Um, and your spirit, don't forget it. Absolutely. And like, one of the examples that I have for that is, like, um, I was robbed at gunpoint a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so through my healing process, I'm like, all right, I'm going to write a skit about it. So I actually wrote a skit about it and changed a few things. But for the most part, it was kind of, like, exactly how I went. And uh, in that process, I was triggered because it was like, oh, shit, this shit feel real. Mm-hmm. Um, that shit took me back to the to the time when it really happened, and it just threw me off. Even though I knew that the gun that we had, it was a toy gun, and it was plastic. And the person that was acting with me wasn't really trying to harm me, but
1: right.
2: it was the energy, my spirit, like, hold on, bro, I, I know this experience. Kind mm-hmm. of like deja vu. Yeah. I didn't even share that with the folks I should have, but I didn't even share it with them. I just kept it moving. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, and it's super important, like you said, like the healing process you're in control of. Same way as like you were saying, like people can control their narrative by what they share. And, you know, just the idea of like trauma takes your sense of safety away and can make you question like, well, dang, like what is safety anymore? Because there's so many different elements of it that are completely out of your control. And then so being able to like, rebuild like that sense of safety is like super important and it sounds like even in that experience and knowing that you did have the resources and you was even to be able to be aware first of all because one thing you just said that was like true was like dang people don't even know if they're traumatized they don't even know they need to heal so the simple fact that you were able to be to like identify like well shoot this is triggering me this is tough because it mimics so many different areas of the real experience that you had like you had to go within yourself utilize your resources to remind yourself like I'm safe like do a little bit of grounding I'm sure to recognize like nobody's robbing me right now nobody's trying to harm me right now I'm in a safe environment in a safe place in order to just kind of get yourself grounded like you said and kind of keep pushing through so you can get that message across that you were trying to do so I'm sure like having all these different things even like you know crying and like there's a sense of safety that can just come with crying too that you can build within yourself and that honesty and trust you can build with yourself because I always say if you can't be real with nobody else be real with yourself and be able to get in a place to where you can cry like it's super vulnerable and I know it's super even just stigma around black men being able to cry, but like that is most definitely a form of release. Like our body is going, even if we are not paying attention to stuff, eventually these are going to bubble to the surface and you going to be like, why the heck is my eyes leaking? Like I oh, don't even know, but your body is trying to let that stuff like, you know, come out. Like we have to have these different forms of release. And then, so I'm happy that you kind of like touched on those things. And even just, you know, you being able to like make yourself feel, safe in in spaces? Like, has there been like a number one thing that has helped you just stay like grounded in the moment when you feel like, okay, I'm getting triggered right now. And this feel like, what happened back then?
2: Yeah. um, For me, it's just really thinking about the energy and the light that I bring to space.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. myself like the energy that I put out in the world is the energy that I'll get back. Mm-hmm. It, it's tricky though, at times, because it's like, you never know how people really feel about you. Right. So you don't really know, but you just have to have, you just got to walk on faith with like, you know, I, shit, I ain't did nothing to nobody in this world. Like that make me feel like they should harm me. So yeah, you just kind of got, that's what I do. I just kind of walk on faith on certain things it's Just It's like, man, I feel a way, but i'm, I'm a- cha- i'm i am sh- i'm gonna shift my thinking right now right more positive because yeah this is a positive space or you know or i'm just I'm just the positive energy that's gonna shift the energy all all the way around mm-hmm. um, be confident too with that too because there's a lot of people that um sometimes that look up to us in a way that we move through the world and it's like all oh, you got to do is say something. And that can change their mind and right we don't we don't know the power of our own words um, i know for me sometimes i don't know the power of my words um but i've seen it over the, the the years like you know people just saying certain things to me that make me like damn you really you know look up to me in that way mm-hmm. and so yeah, sometimes you gotta be you just gotta say
0: something <laughs> yeah and stand tapped into your light. Like that sounds like it's very grounding for you and having just that faith of like, okay, expecting the good instead of living in a space because trauma could definitely make you live in the space of expecting the worst all the time or trying to be prepared for the worst all the time. And then, so, you know, like you said, having, having even just conversations with people, like that's what just this whole breaking barriers thing is about is to be able for people to come and just talk because you write, words are very, very powerful. And our words can either tear people down or they can have the ability to be able to uplift people and kind of just push people, you know, more towards healing and even tapping into their light because we all have a light that we very much, you know, hold and have possession of that we're able to share in this world. And it's always beautiful when people are able to feel inspired by you. And I definitely hope that like just your goal of like, you know, the book and like sharing your story and being real about just what life can be and how you can be able to, keep going and keep pushing that it inspires people that are in the same or similar situations to know that things can get better. Or like, you know, there are other options. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be some of the options that people may be used to choosing, or even that people are used to seeing in their environment. Like there are other options and things that people can be able to do. Um, And then even with like, when it comes to like, you know, just like a therapist like what do you think like could be helpful even on like my side of things for people in these situations like what what do you feel like the mental health professionals or um you know therapists can like offer more as a support to people that need to heal through these different type of situations? Hmm. That's a good question.
2: Hold on let me think better <laughs> yeah. question again.
0: Like what, what could even me, like if I had like a young man come, you know, in my therapy space and he has some similar experiences to you, like what would you hope that I would be able to like offer, you know, to that person or what are some ways that I could best support that person, you know, in just their healing journey?
2: Gotcha. I think some of the ways would be like connecting them to some of these spaces that I mentioned are just, you know, bring up because sometimes folks aren't open just to just walk into a space where they don't know anybody. Um, let folks know that, you know, like in this specific space, you know, somebody personally that, you know, that's cool that they might want to talk to and we can maybe build a relationship and can mm-hmm. come to speak or something like that. Um, I think this platform right here is dope and it's important. Um, because one thing that I haven't really been performing lately and I have been turning down a few things but I knew that this wasn't just specifically about performing. Yeah. I really appreciate this space. It's really a, like it's really a conversation that we're having and I like to talk but it's not a lot of people that genuinely that have genuine conversations with me on a mm-hmm. daily and and a lot of people would think, "Oh, that's crazy." Like I thought, "No, nah, no." Nah, <laughs> How you doing? Like you know, even without saying that, you've said that already within this this interview. You know, just asking certain questions uh, about my experience, opposed to like, oh, when's the next performance? When right. your next book? You haven't you haven't even asked me that. You know what I mean? And so a lot of people are just like, when the next performance? Hey, uh, can you come to this? And I'm like, nah, because mm-hmm. I, I don't feel I don't feel the energy is not there. So I ain't no, I'm cool. Um, and don't no matter about the money or nothing like that. It's the energy. Like I said, it's when the last time I talked to you, like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I talked to you. You talking about the an event. And so it's just being mindful of you know, folks. Like it's it's a crazy ass time right now. So yes, last time you checked on this person. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So yeah, this 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 space is dope. And, uh, I'll be down and even come back on here and we can talk
1: yeah. about.
2: It. So yeah. Exposing exposing people to stuff like this. Um, let me see what else is helpful. Being open, like being vulnerable with clients. Mm-hmm. I know for me, that's if people don't share stuff with me, I'm only going to share a little bit of, right. of my experience. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Especially if I feel like you're getting paid or something, I'm not going. I'm gonna close off certain certain areas.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: That's just even me at 28 years old with all the knowledge that I have. I'm not gonna let you in too deep. If I feel like you're not gonna be around for that long, if I feel like you're not genuine, et cetera.
0: Yeah, I definitely like that authenticity um, is so important. And I definitely know that, like, you know, a lot of the therapists that are coming through, like, you know, the, the up-and-coming therapists, the schools don't necessarily teach us how to remain authentic. They kind of try to mold us into being the therapist that people are typical of seeing that ties into that stigma of like, buy the book. And I know I definitely had to like shake some of that off, which of course came with years of experience because I was like, oh, I got to Like, you know, I'm, I'm under the board and the board could take my my license away or my registration. So I got to do it exactly how they wanted to do it. And honestly, it took me, <laughs> it took me literally getting a job where I was in a counseling enriched rich classroom where a majority of my clients were some black boys from the same neighborhoods that I was (laughs) to where they was not about to do this with me. Like, they like, look, I'm about to peep your game and I'm about to cuss you out if you think that I'm just gonna sit here and open up to you. And so I really had to like, let my guard down a little bit more and not be by the book. And I had to be like, look here, like I'm from the same, same area that you from. And let me just tell you what it is, how it is and what it's not about to be. Cause you, I'm not about to be too many more names that you're about to call me. And once I was able to kind of break down their barriers and help them feel Like, okay, she bought about it. Like, we can't scare her. We're not about to, she really care about us. Like, once I start giving them just love and letting them know, like, you can push me away so many times, but I still rock with you. And I'm about to show up every single day because I see the best in you. And I'm not looking at you like everybody else is looking at you as like a threat or just a menace to society and all that. I'm not doing that because, you know, I just see the value like in people, especially children just needing that extra love. And once they realize I, I rocked with them in that way, and I was not about to come with them with all the things from the book, then it did help me open the door like for me to be able to do like the therapy things that I needed to be able to do with them. So them kids, I owe like, it was some girls in there too. And trust me, they was trying to give me, okay, a run for my money. <laughs> like, But I owe so much to those kids because in the year, year and a half I worked with them it helped me tap into my authentic self as a therapist and who I really wanted to like be and how I wanted to show up and bring more of Shatina to the space like I'm not just a therapist like I'm Shatina I have all these different identities you know that I'm standing upon as well and it helps me to break down just that stigma of like you know people thinking that therapists present a certain way like I really want people to feel real and like people be like you a therapist like I didn't even oh." I didn't even know that and to make them feel more comfortable to be like well dang if I go to therapy I might have the opportunity to meet a dope therapist like you maybe I should give that a try and then so I really like you know dig just that fact that we have to be authentic because at the end of the day no matter our education no matter our knowledge no matter our skills we're humans and we trying to figure this all out day by day because we ain't done none of this before like none of this. <laughs> and so I really appreciate, you know, you just being willing to come into this space. And I'm really hoping it just bless the people and that people are, you know, able to just continue having the conversation from here on out. Um, even if it goes beyond just the topic of section eight, but just talking about difficult life experiences, living in difficult environments, living in neighborhoods, like different things of that nature. And, you know, even more black men feeling okay to become a part of spaces like this like you being on this um you know series really just represents a whole lot so I definitely appreciate that um and I don't know if you have like any last thoughts or like words of encouragement like to the little black boys to little black girls to anybody that you know can the adults that have that that little black boy and little black girl in them that still need to heal like what's some words of encouragement that you have
2: well, I'm gonna start off because one thing that I forgot to mention it, uh, around the healing process is like, uh, I got an altar at my house, so I created an altar with all yeah. the you know, obituaries that I have, and I make sure to keep my, uh, you know, keep candles over there so I can light candles and pay respect to that and um, keep their names high and uh, ask them for guidance, you know what I mean, uh, on the spiritual realm. As I'm still moving through the physical realm and uh, saging my space as well, so saging my space, make sure my energy is good, um, and being very intentional about that. Um, so those two things. Um, but far as uh, encouragement is a, uh, I encourage I encourage folks to really uh, see with themselves mm-hmm. and, um, in silence, whether it's outside, inside, and just you know talk to yourself. Cause you you got the answers you you know what the, what the problems are mm-hmm. you know where the pain is uh, we we got to go inside and that's something that I that I've been doing lately is trying to sit with myself and and um, figure it out where's is, where's is my happiness where's my joy where's the yeah. last time I felt joy how do I experience pleasure um, what do I need. Mm-hmm. You know? How, how do I provide myself with some of these things? Um, because a lot of times, I was looking for that outside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to find the inside of me first in order to find the outside.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I found it in certain areas, but certain areas, is I still haven't found it yet. So I'm still searching. Um, and, uh, yeah, when you do find, when you do go inside, try to find if you do have, like, trauma from your, your younger self, try to find that younger self and, and ask them, like, you know, what do they need? Yeah. And, you know, what do they need to, you know, heal from that? Because that's real, like, some people are stuck mentally. Mm-hmm. Like 30, 40, really 14 mentally. Nope. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't trust nobody, and, you know, certain things trigger them. And so, yeah, it's that going inside. Um, so one, one thing that I've done was the sitting down. And then another thing that I went further, a little further with, is like looking in the mirror, like really looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I always, I've always looked in the mirror and, and appreciated who I am from my head to my toes. But really, what, one thing that I did was look in my eyes. And, right. And try to see, you know, what's beyond, what's beyond the eyes. And try to see my soul. <laughs> where that thing at. Right. <laughs> the beholder of the soul. You know, I'm like, all right, well, where it's at? And um, how do I connect with it and how do I move with the spirit?
1: hmm
2: So yeah, that's that's some uh that's what I'm working on. Yeah. Yes.
0: That is all just like, you know, I felt that. <laughs> I felt that to where I'm speech, like, you know, I've definitely had my moments needing to look in in the mirror apologize to myself forgive myself like forgive other people and do things for me because this is all like you know for us like we are the holders we have the answers we got to be able to ask ourselves these questions um because we can only go as deep as we allow ourselves to go um and then so thank you so much for being able to just share all that you have shared i am so excited about this um and definitely you know tell people like you know where they can connect with you at like how they can tap in with you um you know how they can check out your book just let them know what's up
2: yeah for sure um so all my platforms is under tj sykes um on facebook linkedin i don't really be on linkedin like that but
0: (laughs) But he got it though he got it
2: (laughs) Yeah, Instagram underscore T J Sykes. Um, so my my candy walnut. I have a candy walnut business, and uh, the the Instagram is underscore Divine Treats 2020. Uh, I got four flavors: um, chocolate, maple, strawberry, and blueberry. And then um, I do have a book. Um, Instagram as well is uh, I think it's T J dot section eight. Yeah, T J gotcha. um, yeah, I think that's all my platforms that I have. I'll be um I'll be dropping my website soon, and then when I do the um the link will be in my bio. Nice. On the on, the, on both on both of my my divine treats and my uh, personal account. Mhm. Yeah. Um, Make yep. sure. So folks can also buy the book directly from me. Uh
1: huh.
0: Yeah, make sure y'all tap in with him. Like he is such a gift, (laughs) such an amazing person, you know, from the the interactions that we have had, like say whether he talks about people energy, like I've always just felt a very positive energy radiating, you know, off of him just being so sweet, so kind um, and very just authentic who he is and then so you know tap in with him and see you know what he's about what he's getting tapped into because clearly the resources and the things that he's doing are also spaces that y'all can be able to be a part of for your own healing and you know when it comes to just this series it's it's um the house the home of it is on youtube so i definitely this is episode two so episode one was about suicide um where i was talking to a very close friend of mine Haley artaberry um and we kind of talked about you know just that whole topic and trying to uh, break the barriers around that and then so this um, episode, you know, will forever live on the, the YouTube space, but it's also going to be on my website, www.alwayslivelovely.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram, um, Facebook, and then YouTube is also, um, at alwayslivelovely, and then so just kind of stay tapped in with that. You know, I do some free workshops sometime. I have lots of wonderful things that will be coming out as time progresses. We just getting started. I'm just hoping that this, you know, space and in, in series can be timeless. Like it's not just that this is for today and that was cool. These are issues and topics I'm talking about that have impacted people for years on top of years on top of years. So I'm hoping that people can watch it by themselves with their friends, with their family members, everyone, and really just, you know, begin to get themselves to just shift if mental health is about to be a trending topic then okay let's really shake some things up and really start to just shift things within ourselves and within our community to really begin to start and see you know some true differences and some true changes um so just kind of stay tapped in y'all with both of us we got wonderful things that's coming and coming up i might have to bring them back because what y'all don't know is this man's eating habits
2: it's not in this world
0: so i might have to bring him back just so he can help us get our whole everything everything right you know so that we eat it right because that play a big part in our mental health too so thank you, thank you so much tj
1: you are You're completely awesome all right <laughs>